Do you want to improve your entrepreneurial mindset? Learn new business skills? Understand marketing digital and the social media landscape? Then you are listening to the right podcast. Welcome to the Lebo Lion Show, the biggest marketing and entrepreneurship podcast on the African continent. Join me, your host, Lebo Lion SA, as we have courageous conversations with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and marketers that you should know. Subscribe to the Lebo Lion Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud to be the first to get a notification every second Tuesday of the month when we release a new episode. You can even tune in on YouTube at Lebo Lion SA to see a video version of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to the Lion Tribe. Yeah. Yeah. Come let me teach you a lesson. Come let me teach you a lesson. Level line with the tweets. Follow me back to my nest. Level line with the podcast. Teach you lesson because I got class. Level line with the impact. You be lying, that's a real fact. Come let me teach you a lesson. Come let me teach you a lesson. Level line with the tweets. Follow me back to my nest. Level line with the podcast. Teach you lesson because I got class. Level line with the impact. You be lying, that's a real fact. Let me learn your song. Let me learn your song. Let me learn your song. Come here, let me learn your song. 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 Come here, let me learn your song. 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 Come here, let me learn your song. 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 Come here, let me learn your song. Hello everyone, welcome to the Lebo Lion Show. I have missed you all and it's been a very exciting two weeks because so much has happened in South Africa and a lot of it is related to marketing. And today's podcast is no different. It's about, I think, what we can call the most popular negatively spoken about trend in South Africa in the past couple of days. And if you are a marketer or an events planner or a PR professional, you never want your event to trend because it was so bad, right? You don't want it to trend because it's got negative brand sentiment. You want it to trend because people are saying good things about it. Or at least I assume that's what we want as marketers and public relations professionals. But you never know, right? Because some people say, All PR is good PR. I beg to differ, but I think that you can navigate through negative PR and try and make it work for your company's strategy. So you can make negative PR work, but you have to understand how trending works to be able to do that. So without further ado, let's talk about it. The hashtag a Bridgerton affair. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. You know, it's very difficult to talk about this event without feeling emotional, you know, and not angry or sad. Just there are many feelings of amusement, amazement that are running through me right now. And I think most of the people who were speaking under that hashtag, a Bridgerton affair this weekend also felt the same. You know, so let me just get you clued up if you don't know what hashtag a Bridgerton affair is. 
But a Bridgerton affair is basically how Netflix created an event with South African agencies to be able to introduce season two of Bridgerton to the South African market and to the rest of the continent, right? Which is also quite weird because it's, it's, it's interesting that they would choose to do one event to address the entire continent when the continent is so diverse. This event entailed what I've observed as a three-pronged strategy. So first, what they did is they invited all the influencers that they think are relevant to the event, and it seems like they asked them to do kind of an invitation opening um, campaign or video for their social media pages. So Instagram and TikTok were buzzing with influencers who were showing that they got invitations to the Bridgerton affair and this is what they're going to wear etc so I thought that was very cool I thought it was very well executed and it was cool seeing the different kinds of content that the influencers came up with so no stress there in fact from my personal opinion it got me really excited about what's in store in terms of Netflix and Bridgerton and the African continent Then the second part of the strategy was to host a ball that all the influencers who'd been creating content for the ball were going to attend. And the ball was hosted by Miss X Miss South Africa, Zosie Bini Tunzi. Purely from observation, what you saw from the pictures from the ball was that whichever agency or agencies were working on this decided to invite whoever they thought was relevant. And it didn't seem to fit who was relevant to the Bridgerton and Netflix market. And that's a conversation we really have to have. Why am I saying this? Why am I saying that it seemed like they just invited anybody that they liked, anyone who they thought had a lot of followers, and anyone who they felt was relevant instead of actually strategically inviting people who fit not only the Bridgerton audience, but Netflix's African audience, right? It's because you saw a wide and diverse group of people attending the event. And not all of them have followers or a market of people who will ever watch Bridgerton. And if they do, they will be the laggards. They will be the ones who watch it later, not now, not to get it to trend on Netflix. So these are people like political influencers, the ones who are liked because they expose what the president is doing and what our political parties are doing. Those people tend to have very largely very poor audiences, largely male audiences that live in rural areas, townships, and some working class people. But the thing about politics, especially when you think about South African Twitter, is that a lot of the cadres are the ones who are listening. A lot of the people who feel hard done by by the government are the ones who will be influenced and truly care about what this person is saying. The proportion of the Netflix audience versus the audience that would listen to, say, political influencer is very small. So it makes you think, and this is just one example. There are many examples where you ask yourself, or there are many guests where you ask yourself, 
Who's following you? And do those people watch Bridgerton or would those people be converted into Bridgerton audiences? What was the reason that you were invited? To me, as a marketer, it seemed extremely personal. And and this deduction is not only stemming from my professional eye, but from really what you saw trending, the conversations that were being had underneath the Bridgerton affair trend. So instead of people talking about, oh, I can't believe I missed the ball. I can't wait to watch Bridgerton. Oh, this looks so exciting. What is Bridgerton? I'm really curious. It was more of a, why are they dressed this way? These dresses look terrible. Who are the designers? Why are South African celebrities so bad at understanding themes and costumes? What's happening here? The wrong people were invited. Where are our faves? No one was really talking about the party. You know, for someone like Rosie Beanie to be the host, someone of her caliber, and for that not to be enough of a talking point is problematic. In my view, it means that they really missed the golden part of this event. You know, when you create an event and you have an intention for it to be driven by online conversation, it means that you care about what people are going to say about it online. It means that your strategy is all about the online attention. So we can't even say that what people are saying on Twitter doesn't match what's happening on the ground. No, the entire campaign so far looks like an influencer marketing campaign and an online campaign. If they were trying to do content that only fits people on the ground or people who are offline, they wouldn't be using influencers to market the ball. They would have used billboards or they would have used traditional radio and television, but they didn't. They used influencers. And my guess is that they used influencers because they made the deduction or research shows from whatever they got from Netflix or whoever that people who follow influencers online, especially Instagram influencers, etc., are most likely to be Netflix subscribers. And so, so it makes sense for that Netflix audience to be captured through social media marketing and influencer marketing. Another thing we can deduce from this is maybe they were saying we feel that influencers actually have an influence really large communities and so that is more valuable to us than what radio and television can do to us as traditional media outlets and traditional advertising practices. So from my perspective, most of the campaign was driven online which means part of the metrics that were measured were online metrics, people's attention, engagement, all of those things, conversion. And those are easier to track online. For anyone who's watching or listening to the podcast who doesn't know, it's much easier to track the success of a campaign online and an event online because it's easier to get a hold of the statistics. It's easier to get a hold of the data that shows you how people felt, how people engaged with the content, what people thought. It's much easier to get that data when you do online campaigns as opposed to offline. So with this being a largely social media driven strategy, you'd expect that the money that they put in 
can be compared to the attention that they're given and the quality of attention that is given to that kind of event. So what I mean is, firstly, when we look at a trending perspective, because a Bridgerton affair did trend, you have to look at how many people were speaking about a Bridgerton affair at any point in time that it was trending. Now, with this kind of event and the amount of influences they followed and the numbers that these people have, we can safely say there were over 50 million people at that event. So 50 million audiences present at that event minimum. Bridgerton Affair had the opportunity to influence and be seen by at least 50 million South Africans. This is an assumption we can make because most of the followers had at least, let's say, 150,000 followers. Based on the influencer marketing that we were seeing online. So when you're looking at that, how many people should be talking about the event if there were over 50 million audiences in attendance? You can't have the event trending at 3,000 mentions because from a mathematical perspective, that's a failure. With 50 million people attending that event, you need to have at least... 100,000 people speaking about that event at one point in time. So that Twitter trend should have said 100K. It didn't. It was below 4,000K the entire evening. And I can tell you why it was below 4,000K the entire evening. Because when something trends and people click on the trend and the content in there doesn't meet their expectations or the conversations and they have a negative brand sentiment. People either drop off or talk a little bit more about it but get bored because they're not finding more of what they're looking for. So for example, with the Bridgerton affair trend, people went on, they saw that the fashion was bad, inverted commas, that's the sentiment people said the fashion was bad, And when you were looking at the pictures in the hashtag, there weren't enough pictures. We didn't get to see enough of the red carpet. So yes, some of the fashion was bad, but it seems like we practically only got to see the bad fashion and not even much of it. It seems like a lot of the influencers were leaving their outfits for the next day or the day after that day. And they didn't actually galvanize to be part of that hashtag to make it make sense and to make it interesting for the viewer. So there was a lot of repetition of content within that thread, in that hashtag. There was a lot of repetition. We kept seeing the same pictures over and over and over again. And that creates boredom. Because you must remember, hashtags are marketplaces. And they're marketplaces where you get to see brand sentiment, where you get to see how people feel about your product or service or offering or experience. And the larger the number of people speaking about what you do or your offering at a specific point in time is a reflection of their interest in what is being spoken about. And the percentage or the proportion of that interest has to weigh quite well against how many people are actually at the experience. So if 50 million people, if that ball was housing at least 50 million audience members, because each influencer had at least 150k followers, then the hashtag was not successful because it had less than 4,000k mentions at a time.
And this is what people don't get about trending. A lot of marketers like to say, we trended, but they don't like to interrogate what it meant for them to trend and what happened when they trended and what it is they trending for. It's easy for something to trend for something bad than it is for it to trend for something good. And when it trends for something good, you will see the difference in the quality of the conversations that are happening in that thread. Instead, because there were so many negative conversations happening, and it wasn't negativity because people were hating, it was disappointment. People were saying, this doesn't represent us as Africans. People did not respect the brief. People did not respect the theme. And what's happening? Why is this Bridgerton affair happening? What's the point of it? And to drive this point further, I actually created a poll within that hashtag. And I asked people if hashtag Bridgerton affair has influenced them to watch Bridgerton season two. And the responses I received were insane. But 75% of our respondents, and I think a thousand people participated in that question or the poll, which is a quarter of the people who were on the hashtag, said no. 75% said no. And I'm trying to remember the numbers for the yes and the I'm not sure, but still 75% is too large. And because I posted the question within the hashtag, it means that I was speaking to the people whose attention was on the event. And you could see from the sentiment outside of Twitter, what people were saying in their IG lives, the things they were saying in their stories, that they too were not happy about what they were seeing at Bridgerton Affair. Very interesting conversations happened underneath my poll, and one of them was, People were talking about how they didn't even know there was a show called Bridgerton that existed. And now that they've seen this event and they've seen these outfits, they are not interested in watching it because it doesn't even reflect their African lived experiences. And that's where the biggest bomb lies. Because as a marketer, I can clearly see that part of this campaign was to localize the content that Netflix is bringing to Africa. So they were using a localization strategy, which is typical for a lot of tech companies that are trying to infiltrate different continents. You know, TikTok is doing this really well. They're using localization brilliantly. And localization is basically when or the process of making something local in character or restricting it to a particular place. So you take certain content or certain communications that you're going to market with and you customize them to fit the people in the environment that you're trying to penetrate. You know, you could use slang like H, A-N-R. That's part of localization, but it can go into many different spheres and into many different ways. And localization can only be as strong and as scalable as the original content creation process. If that process is not built with scalability in mind, the localization process will be equally cumbersome. This event looked good on paper, but the execution was a disaster. 
because of these points that I'm making, because they didn't leverage on the trend enough, because of the sentiment under the trend, because of their lack of being able to secure attention that's proportionate to the amount of people who were actually in attendance via the audience. And because from a localization perspective, they didn't necessarily include localized content, localized personalities. It felt like an event with Nigerian influences and South African influences. And a lot of people asked me, was this supposed to be for the whole continent? And I did my research and apparently it was supposed to be. The Bridgerton affair was supposed to be a strategy for the entire continent. So for everyone who's a Netflix subscriber in Africa who watches Bridgerton or who could potentially watch Bridgerton. I did not see that come through in the influences they chose before and during the event, in the content that they shared on the red carpet, in the MCs that they had. It was all South African. The pop culture media that they brought to the red carpet, most of it was South African. And please correct me if I'm wrong that the event was only supposed to be for South Africa, but then that begs to ask the question, why did they invite the Nigerian influencers? What was the point of doing that? So it's very tricky because people don't understand how this showcases Africa and African people. And I get that the event organizers tried to merge Bridgerton with Africa with the theme. Because I think it was Bridgerton with a hint of African royalty or something along those lines. You know, so you've got people like Connie Ferguson who executed it brilliantly. You know, but most of the people who attended just looked like Bridgerton. And I guess for them, the African flair part was themselves. I'm African. I'm wearing a Bridgerton dress. Therefore, boom, a Bridgerton affair with an African flair. Completely underwhelming. Now, the issue with themes is that you set yourself up for potential failure if the people you invite don't understand the theme. And a lot of the time, people don't understand the theme when they've never engaged with the content. So, from what we saw, it seemed like they were inviting people simply because they thought those people were popular. And not because those people, A, had a relevant audience that would care about Bridgerton, and that B, that person's actually ever seen Bridgerton, and C, that that person even read the brief, and D, whether the brief actually said anything about Bridgerton. It was a disaster. Negative sentiment can be converted into something, but from what I've seen in the past couple of days, three days, I have not seen anyone from the Bridgerton team trying to make the negative sent sentiment make sense or to convert it into something else. Another thing that I saw with Bridgerton or the Bridgerton affair that I really didn't understand was the fact that you didn't see a lot of ads or communication, poster, copy, you know, visuals about the actual Bridgerton show. So while a lot of people had their attention on the hashtag and their attention on all the influencers who created content pre-event, we didn't actually see much of the actual Bridgerton show in any of that. And so if you're somebody who's never watched Bridgerton, it still means nothing to you. I'm trying to understand if this was an awareness campaign, 
if this was an, a campaign where they were just saying we want our favorite people in South Africa to watch the show and maybe their viewership is so important that it doesn't matter what other South Africans who are Netflix subscribers think. It's very disrespectful for agencies to be arrogant enough to think that the public is too stupid to see through bad strategies. Yes, not everyone watching is a marketer or a public relations professional, but sloppy decisions, personal decisions, they always show themselves in the execution. Always. Every single time. You cannot hide sloppy decision-making and sloppy strategy. Eventually, it will rear its ugly head. And unfortunately for the Bridgerton affair, it reared its ugly head in the trend, in the fashion, in the guest list. I remember watching the hashtag and being so bored that I just decided to go watch other things. And we all wanted to enjoy this, right? We all wanted to enjoy this. It's not that South African audiences or African audiences are hateful and spiteful and Twitter's a negative place. Absolutely not. Not when it comes to fashion, not when it comes to celebs. We can actually galvanize and have good things to say when there is something good to say. And some celebrities got good commentary because they put in an effort. And how is it that the fashion is a result of the work that the agencies did? It's simple because the agencies are the ones who came up with the invitation. They came up with the theme. And the culture we like to have on the African continent is, oh, but me and my friends, we got the contract and we're so happy we got it that we're just going to keep singing our praises and saying, ah, team, well done. But I think we need to start having higher standards as marketers in Africa. I think we, not, we need to start being honest and saying, you know what? Based on the metrics, based on everything that's being said, the brand sentiment, based on everything, this wasn't very successful. Sure, we would like to work with Netflix. We would like to work with XYZ Company. But... We can do better. And the worst part for me is that it feels like a lot of these international companies also undermine South African audiences and African audiences. Because the standard of work they produce for here is baby food compared to what you see them doing overseas. Are we not a good enough audience for excellence to be the standard? Or do they feel that lazy about understanding us that they just say, you know what, these silly Africans will just take whatever we give them. We're getting tired. I know personally, as a marketer, as an African, I'm getting bored of seeing lazy work. If more than one agency was busy on this thing, then it's an embarrassment that we do not have enough talent in leadership to carry through one event. Yeah, these are going to sound like fighting words. Unfortunately, I can't lie on my podcast to save somebody's ass. I don't know who was responsible for these things. But I do know that every time we lie about what we think about something, every time we try to pretend that things are better than what they are, 
we allow those people who don't know what they're doing to gain relevance and they should not be. This is a simple event. And I don't understand if it's Netflix's fault or the agency's fault that they thought they could influence the entire African continent with one event in South Africa. That completely disregards the fact that the African continent is diverse. It is so diverse that you cannot penetrate similar audiences just by virtue of having black people on the screen or, you know, being in Africa. The cultures are different in every single region. And people cannot enjoy content or participate and interact and engage with content that is not relevant to them, relevant to their interests. And that's what we saw with this flop of an event. Could it have been done better? Absolutely. Did the actual event, so, you know, where they were dining, the venue, all of it looked like it was really nice. I can't even lie to you and say it was bad. I'm just talking from a marketing perspective here. I'm sure they all had fun. I'm sure they will all run to the polls and run to the Twitter streets and say, oh, well, we had fun. Oh, my gosh. Because, yes, your friend created the event and all your friends were there. So you all had fun. I understand. For me, one of the greatest things they did was get, to get Zex Bandwini to perform because he had an orchestra there, but then he played his music, which has a bit of an African sound. And it was really great. That was a touch of African flair mixed with Bridgerton because Bridgerton is synonymous with taking pop culture music and giving it that twist, that old twist, you know, that fits eras like the Bridgerton era. So I'm disappointed. I don't understand how something that clearly had so much budget and so many heads and teams how something like that could be executed in this way. From my perspective, I see that it was something that made the people who attended feel good. Like, oh, I was attended, therefore I'm part of this crew. Wonderful. But it's not okay that from social media we can see that too. So the event doesn't feel like it was created for us at all. But they even invested in a red carpet correspondent for their TikTok page. Netflix. SA. So, there are too many things that show that this was supposed to be an immersive experience for the people at home. And for the people at home to feel so disregarded in many things. In the entertainment value, in the fashion, in the conversations. I mean, it's, it's not okay. What was all that money spent on and for what? I think they would have done better if they had a viewing party with all of these influencers who actually have audiences who would watch. Because then at least it would have carried through this idea that you need to go watch the show. And the conversations would have been the influencers' opinions and reactions to the Bridgerton episode. And anyone who's listening who wants to steal the idea, go ahead. We know that's the culture in South Africa. And I'm not going to fight it because really we need better content in this country. We need better work and better, better marketing in our country. I'm saying a lot. I'm saying a lot. 
and I know it's going to wrap some people up the wrong way. And I'm taking a stand and I'm saying we need to do better. And we can no longer be the the F team. South Africa is the F team when it comes to marketing half the time. And we do have some A team players. Don't get me wrong. We've got some really great talent. But they're being overshadowed by the F team mentality. Invite my friends. Work with my friends. Create campaigns that my friends will like. What about the audience? What about the market? What about Brand SA? What about Brand Africa? Because you're inviting your friends, you're working with your friends, that's a short-term strategy. It's not a legacy mindset. It's not a growth mindset. If you are a business in Africa or a business anywhere in the world and you want to get people's attention, please do not do it the way they did. The idea, the concept was really beautiful, but the execution was bad because they made it personal. And that's one of the biggest rules in marketing. Don't make it personal. It's not about you. It's about the market. It's about the audience. Localization is literally about understanding the market. Leveraging on trending is literally about gaining people's attention so that they can have the conversations you need them to have to amplify whatever you're showing. If people want to come up with reports, we are happy. Go ahead. We would love to see it. We'd love to be proved wrong. I think there's room for that conversation. But in the meantime, let me know. Do you watch Bridgerton? Are you excited about season two? And how do you feel about the campaign that they did to try to get us to watch Bridgerton season two? Um, I'm definitely not going to be watching Bridgerton season two, even though I loved season one. I'm just bored at what I feel Netflix did here and what it represents. So I'm done with Bridgerton. But I wish everyone the best in terms of their viewing experience. And let me know which other shows you're watching on Netflix and which other shows you're watching on other platforms and why you're watching them. Do you like local shows or do you prefer the international shows? Thank you guys for tuning in and I really appreciate how brave everyone is who listens to this podcast because you have these conversations I've seen on Twitter, on Instagram, everywhere and you speak your truth. And I think it's important for us to have an ecosystem where people aren't just pretending, you know, that we are saying what we think and we live with the interactions of that and we actually engage with each other as people who have opposing views. And then we see what we do with that. And what it can build for us. We don't need to smile and pretend that things are fine when we think they're not. You know? It's important for us to have open, honest conversations. And I think we should all still be able to be friends. To be able to look at each other in the eye and work with each other. Despite the conversations that we have. Because these conversations will build us. They'll help us do better work. And they'll help us serve the market and serve the country and make this country the the amazing brand that it has the potential to be until next time i love you all and don't forget the best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time